3-0 since taking the court as a Phoenix Suns player. Booker up the right side, finds Durant, open for three left wing. That's all net for KD. He's got 33. Averaging 26 points, 7 boards, 3.7 assists in those three games. Oh, and this was a nice chef's kiss to Luka and the Mavs in Dallas Sunday, wasn't it? Here's a bounce pass from Durant to Ish Wainwright. KD gets it back with 7 to shoot. Penetrates with a left-hand dribble. Stops from 15 and knocks it down on the left side. What a big shot for KD to put the Suns up to. 128-126. Timeout Mavericks with 11 seconds left to go. Wolf and Luke talk KD's first home game with the Suns. Now. Yeah, this is just fun at this point. (laughs) It it was, I I will give you this, Wolf, like, was it about a week ago? He still hadn't played a game with the Suns yet. Then it was like, all right. Right, I know. Oh, it was brutal. But now it's, I mean, it is a significant distinction between played some road games and now finally gets to play at home. But at least we have seen him play with the Suns now a few times. And I would say it's gone pretty well. Yeah, you know, we were talking about this earlier in this beautiful broadcast base in Orleans. Can I just say right now, I, I don't know if there's a better lead up to this home debut for Kevin Durant right now when you think about it. You, you know, 3-0, three, three and oh, of course. 3-0, and oh, you've won three games. That's good. Give me the baton. <laughs> Lead the parade. <laughs> but the fact that you beat the Dallas Mavericks, your nemesis, the fact you beat the Dallas Mavericks with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic on their floor, the scene of the crime of Game 6, of course, that carried over to Game 7 yes. as well. The scene of the crime. And to know that the Mavericks kind of have your number. And then to beat them the game before KD is going to come home and make his home debut. That's huge, man. That's just, you can feel it, can't you? Here we go. You know, the thought hit me, too, as you were just talking right there. They if they don't meet Dallas in the playoffs, because I know that's sort of a polarizing conversation for Suns fans, do you really want to see Luka for seven games? Just whether oh, you think no. the Suns can win or not, would oh. you you want that irritation for seven yes, games? Right. I know some Suns fans are like, yeah, bring it on. Like this, it's it's only truly real if we go through Dallas. And then there are some that are like, I don't need that stress in my life. If they don't play Dallas in the playoffs, they're not going to play him again until next year. Yeah. That's. I, I, now I kind of feel like they need to play him in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? The, honestly, it's the Luka. The, the, I can't handle it, the way he competes. Well, yeah, I mean, so Kyrie bad. had 30 points, but you don't really notice him out there in an irritating way. Yes, you know what right. I mean? You don't. Yeah. yeah. No. So for me right now, if somebody knocks them out in the first round, that'd be great. What if, be they, fine with what if that. they don't even make it out of the play-in? Yeah. That'd okay. Nice sorry. Too. Oops. You've... Thanks for, you know, playing Along, we appreciate that. And by the way, we have KD. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Enjoy Kyrie. Oh, he might leave. Yeah, um, <laughs> but the problem That's is so good. Dallas won last night, so they're back That's up sure. into, into fifth now. Yeah. Okay, okay. What are we talking about here? What 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 do we want to do? Let's talk about the Suns. Well, here, let me play and... this clip. Okay, because okay, you're talking yes. about the lead up to this game. This All is right, Kevin Durant on how he feels his first week went. Okay, so I just I feel like I got. You know, I can get acclimated with the offense a little quicker for like a couple plays that I didn't know. Um, and I, like I said, with practice time, it's, it's the only help. So I'm getting there. I think um, my teammates have been great. Coach staff been great. He's talking me through everything. It's a lot of different terminology, but almost the same type of sets we run amongst the whole league. So just trying to get the terminology down and so I can communicate with my teammates and um, we can go from there. But I think everything's going to be smooth. 
Yes, I, I believe we've all watched these first three games thinking KD could be better, right? <laughs> <laughs> Averaging 27 points on 69% shooting and 54% from three. Yeah, you know, if you're Kevin Durant right now, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but the, the only safe place for him is out on the floor when he's competing right now. Everything, the hype, the buildup, he's got to be, he, he, he probably can't wait to get tonight over with, honestly. Just get it out of the way. You know, we've, I've made my debut as a Phoenix Sun on the road, of course, but made my debut. Now it's the home debut. Let's just get this stuff out of the way, please. And it's going to be your playoff debut. And then it's, yeah. Well, I know, right. It's going to happen all over again. But um, I would imagine he cannot wait to just get out on the floor tonight in particular and get it out of the way. His safe spot on the floor. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I I don't think he wants to hurry up and get through the game tonight. I just think he wants seven o'clock to hurry up and get <laughs> right. here. Uh, here's Monty Williams on the Suns' first three games with KD. Anytime you play a game, you want to win. So that from that perspective, we're happy about it. But there's also some things that we we need to uh, get better at. And, I wouldn't grade it because I don't, you know, I don't know how to grade in those. I mean, you want to win, but we still have a ways to go as far as making the right coverage adjustments quick. We're not there yet. Um, offensively, because of the shot making, it probably looks better than it really is. And so you're always trying to tweak it to get it to a place where it's more efficient. And so I, I, I just I still think we're a work in progress. Work in progress. Yes, they are a work in progress. And so are the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't know if you've watched this base owners, but they are no joke. They, they are no joke right now. They, they're playing the back end of a back to back. Tonight is the back end of that back to back. They played the Warriors last night, of course, beat the Warriors and did it soundly. But think about it. The Suns are well-rested. They're playing at home. And KD's making his home debut as a Phoenix Sun at Footprint Center. And yet, having said all of that, this is not going to be a picnic for the Phoenix Suns. OKC, this is a good team with a burgeoning superstar. that They score points. Now, their defense isn't great, but they score points. They will light it up. As a matter of fact, Luke, number two in the association in points per game. Yeah, the they, Thunder, number two. They've got a lot of talent. Now, unfortunately, the site I'm looking at has the score last night being 137 to nothing, and I don't feel like that was necessarily <laughs> the final score in that game. But your point is well taken. Oklahoma City can score a lot of points. And this is a team that has pieces right now. SGA is a, is quietly a top ten player. He's not the same player that that Booker is, like style wise necessarily. Yeah. Yes, but I feel like we're seeing a little bit with him that we saw with Booker here a few years ago. Where I'm sure Oklahoma City fans are like, you guys don't get just how good this guy is. But to your point, Oklahoma City's in the running to make the play, and they're like yeah. they're right there. They're in. Yeah. There's, there's a huge tie there at the bottom of the play, and where they are even with Portland. And New Orleans for the final spot, but only a half game behind the Lakers, only two behind the Clippers and T-Wolves. Um, and they they are in that range where everybody at the start of the season was like, oh, they're going to tank, they're going to get Wembenyama. 
they already have Chad Holmgren coming in next I, year. I, like, know. They, I don't think they're rolling over, obviously. They just beat Golden State last night. Yes, they just beat Golden State. And that was with Draymond. That was with Steph Curry. Steph Curry played 35 minutes. Klay Thompson played 40 minutes. Yeah, that was with all three of their big three. And they get the shorts and they slid them on. It was, I'm telling you, man, this is a team that can score. It's, it's going to be a game tonight. I'll be shocked if the Suns win this by double digits. But what about Golden State now? Seven and twenty-five on the road this year. How does that? Yeah, that doesn't add up. Yeah, I know. At all. Uh, all right, the weather's getting warmer. Arizona Sports and Fulton Homes are reminding you that two seconds is too long to take your eyes off your kids around water. For life-saving water safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA, text SWIM to 620-620. When we come back, how important is winning a championship to new Suns owner Matt Ishbia? You're going to hear what he had to say earlier today on Bickley and Murata's show next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, right, welcome back to the show. The um, splash that Matt Ishbia has made in his first, what has it been, a month on the job now? Yeah. It's been, I think it's been exactly four weeks. Um, it took him pretty well. Took him what ten hours to get Kevin Durant. That's that was good. Um, that first day he gets introduced, we talk to him, makes the trade for Kevin Durant, and then from there, haven't heard from him quite as much because you know it's a pretty yeah. big first day. Matty Ush is ruining it for every other owner that is out there. <laughs> Guy's been on the job for a month, and oh yeah, he got Kevin Durant, and right now you're the favorite to come out of the Western Conference. Just, okay, if, thank you. If you're another owner, aren't you just throwing up your hands on that first day? Like the guys, I just watched his press conference this morning, and he traded for Kevin Durant. Start perfect. <laughs> Uh, here, along those lines, Matt Ishbia on with Bickley and Murata this morning said he's uh, not afraid to cause some ripples around the NBA. I guess I don't focus too much on what everyone else says and thinks, but I, 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 I don't back down from any of that. Right. So first off, the owners, owners have been nothing but great. You know, they've been great people, friendly, helpful, excited, even after the trade. Like they've, they, they've been great. And so I don't feel that ripple there. However, what I'd say is this. I'm not afraid of crossing waves. We're going to do what's best for the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury all the time. What's best for our organization, what's best for our fans, what's best for our people that work there. And, you know, what? if other people don't like that, my job is not to make my competitors like me. My job <laughs> is to, you know, that, that's not the design of my business. My, my, my job is to, is to compete and win in every way possible. Respect politely, and so whether it's NBA, WNBA, mortgage business, like in the mortgage business, I compete heavily, and like my business is not designed to make my competitors happy. However, like in the NBA, I've had none of that so far with other owners, and obviously the players do their thing on the court, but with owners, they've been great to me and great so far across the board. Wow, that is good stuff right there. Yeah, you know what? Do you want him to be competitive? And that's the great thing about it is he's not only competitive as an owner of a mortgage broker or mortgage business, but he's also competitive as a person, as a player, as a guy that has moistened a jock over the last 30 years, as a guy that has actually been out there and a guy that has competed at a high level. Now, again, I'm not trying to say that he was the reason why Tom Izzo in Michigan State won a national championship. I'm not trying to say that. What I am trying to say is this is a guy that knows what it's like to compete at the highest level. Yeah, and I just double-checked. It was literally four weeks ago today 
that he was introduced, Wolf. Like four weeks ago right now, I think we were... It was today? Him. Yeah, four weeks oh ago. On a way. Remember, it was, it was February 8th, day before the trade deadline. Wow. And um, it was a good thing, as it turns out, that it was the day before the trade deadline and not the day after the trade deadline, because kind of a big trade for the Suns. Now, it's <laughs> it's possible that he wins a title four months after taking over as, as owner of the team. That That's... That's that's unheard of. Well, that's gonna that's gonna mess up some of the other owners out <laughs> there in the association. Say, isn't I don't, it? That's it, gonna it, mess them up. At the very least, I don't think Dan Gilbert will be at the parade. Uh, here's more from Matt Ishbia talking about just the experience of being an owner, being in the NBA. I mean, this is a guy that dreamed of playing in the NBA as a kid, and he's told the story where he kind of realized when he was walking on as the the last guy on Michigan State's roster, he's not going to be playing in the NBA. But now he's having a huge impact on the NBA. Man, it's it's unbelievable. It's like a dream come true, and then some, and then some, and then some. And think about, you know, pinch myself that I get a chance to be on a show with you guys and talk to fans and be a part of it. And I'm just embracing every moment of it. Um, I'm honored to be the steward of these organizations, be part of the Mercury, be part of the Suns, care about the arena, care about the city, be part of it. Like, it's a dream come true. It's even better than I could have ever imagined. <laughs> I'm so lucky to be here, and I'm just honored. And I'm going to do my best to, to do my to, to, to deliver on everything I say. And at the same time, I'm not going to be perfect, but I promise you I care more than anybody out there. I'm going to care about every detail, and I'm just so lucky and honored to be in this situation. Wow. It's That's not, a lot of energy right it there, It is man. a lot of energy. <laughs> you feel That's like if, so good. if he had to suit up for like three minutes at the end of a blowout, he'd be willing to do there it. There we go. Uh, that's not, and I know I know he's only owned the team for a few weeks. I get it, and I, this is a very exciting time. Um, but that's not typically what an owner sounds like. You know what I mean? Usually owners are like, oh, I got to do this phone interview. Okay, I got to, what, what? I got I got my seven other businesses that are more important. What's what's my basketball team doing again? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, this is, he's still got his multi-billion dollar business, but this clearly means a lot to him more than just, hey, I've got another business. And unfortunately, that's the case for other owners sometimes. I think we've seen it, and it's not just in this sport. Yeah, do, do you have some more sound you can actually play? Because I did I did not hear this. I missed this. Oh, this is great stuff from Matt. Uh, here, here's HBA talking about uh, will his willingness to do everything he can to win a championship every year. I'm not a big championship or bust kind of mindset. Like, I'm like, I, we want to win short-term, we want to win long-term, we want to win all the time. With that being said, um, the reality is this. There's never going to be a year that I'm not trying to win, and we're going to try to win, and we want to be part of something that's a winning. Like, I'm a fan first. I want to win. I, I want to cheer the team on and winning. And so is it a failure if we don't win a championship? I don't look at it like that. However, we ain't trying to do anything besides win a championship mm-hmm. all the time. And so we're going to be successful, and we're going to compete. And getting Kevin Durant on our team gives us a better chance to win a championship this year than it maybe had before we had Kevin Durant. And at the same time, next year, we're going to figure out, okay, how do we you know, continue to move towards the championship aspirations all the time? And so I don't don't consider things failures like i don't look at it as a risk either i look at it as like this is the right thing to do at this time and we're going to continue to try to win all the time i told people at the press conference like fan experience culture community impact and winning those are the four things that are going to be the pillars of what we're trying to do in franchises not only the suns but also the mercury and that, that starts the day i bought the team like it was we're not slowing down and so you know i'm excited i think we have a real great chance but at the same time you got to execute it on the floor and things can happen there's a lot there's 30 other teams that want to win also there's a huge difference, Basinonians, between failing and being a failure. <laughs> Two huge differences. 
you know, when you think about it, failing and being a failure. Don't fear failure, my young crunk brothers. Fear success. Fear that because that will change you. And not always for the positive. Not all. Not always for the best. Fear that. But failing, we all fail. You know you fail. We all do walking around right now. Some of us more than others. And I'm raising my hand. I am a failed and flawed product and have been forever. And at the same time, being a failure is that's so harsh. There's no failure in putting together Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton and saying, you know what, we're going to try to win a championship. If they don't win a championship, is that a failure? I think it is a failure. But the people aren't failures. There's a huge difference between failing at a task and a person failing at life. Huge difference. Yeah, and that's one of those moves, too. I mean, it's a huge move, and I get the Mikel Bridges angle on it, and he had 30 again last night. Uh, I get, I, I get the, <laughs> Mikel, that. Mikel that, is getting the opportunity to go yeah. off, and, and, he's, and he's, he's doing, doing it, it, and it's great. Uh, I get that that angle had maybe more people questioning this trade than, than you normally would if you're able to get Durant. Um, it was only people locally. And, and, you know, I've used the example before of when, when the Suns traded Kelly Oubre essentially for Chris Paul. And people mm-hmm. like, kick him up Oubre for Chris Paul. Valley Boys. Like, okay, that was ridiculous. I like Oubre, but that was ridiculous. This one wasn't as ridiculous. Mikel Bridges is a beast, and he's becoming more of a beast. But he already was before he went to Brooklyn and started putting up 30 every night. And Cam Johnson was a big piece. But nationally, nobody looked at that and was like, oh, they only got Kevin Durant back. Yeah, like everybody, right. we, we just talked right. to Mark J. Spears. He laughed when we brought up where they, yes. where they are in the, uh, you know, in the NBA right now. The Brian Windhorst clips that we'll play in a little bit. Bill Simmons as well. Um, yeah, look, it's it, nationally, everybody's like, I can't believe they got Kevin Durant. Here, here's the whole thing right now. Do, do I hope that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and even DeAndre Aiden, I do I hope they sit there and go, you know what, if we don't win a championship, this is going to be a failure. This is going to be a fail by us. I hope they feel that way. Well, I think Chris I Paul do. definitely. I mean, but they're, once they're all again, in such different parts in their careers, too. Because you fail at a task doesn't make you a failure. No, but, but there's an element to that group you just threw out right there that if they don't win a championship, Chris Paul will be labeled on some level a failure because he's never won a championship. Because he's so good that he's held to that standard, but he's never won a championship. That's why I think it's different. You know, if, if the Suns don't win a championship this year, Devin Booker's like, all right, well, we'll just win next year. I'm um, sure it won't cross CP3. No, I, I, but you know he wants it. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, when we come back, how smooth is that duo of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker as they head into their uh, their first home game together tonight? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Home of the Suns and Kevin Durant. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke talk KD's first home game with the Suns. Now. Yeah, it is tonight at the Footprint Center. Suns Thunder. 
So KD gets to play against the team that drafted them, although they were in Seattle at that point. Here's uh, here's KD yesterday talking about playing with Devin Booker. When we play in Olympics, it's a little hesitant for, for all of us because we don't know our roles quite yet. But, you know, Book understands exactly what he needs to do every time out on the floor. And once you prepare the right way and you know your role, the game's pretty easy. And the game's easy for Book. So he makes the game easy for all his teammates as well. And um, he's a hard worker. And that's what we need from you know the leaders of our team. And there's Brian Windhorst on with just, you know you once again the humility of Kevin Durant. Oh yeah, just listening to him gosh over Devin Booker right there. You know, would you say that a guy that is has been a two time um, a two time MVP in terms of winning a championship? Would you say that a guy like Kevin Durant has accomplished an awful lot of things? Yes, we all would. And it just he's gushing about this young guy and deferring to him. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Well, His humility is what I'm most impressed with in terms of Kevin Durant. Where I'd give him even more credit, too, is his resume speaks for itself, but he is one of the most criticized great players in the NBA. You know what I mean? Where it's like, there are guys in this league that have done nothing compared to what Kevin Durant has done, and, and everybody loves them. But then with KD, you go on social media, and, and you'll see how many people, I mean... Yeah, yeah but it's not just social media. It's also this well, it's, narrative it's, that is out there. It's former great players, too. That's uh, The whole, whole point of that is is he is somebody that is in a position where you might feel more inclined to have to talk yourself up. You know what I mean? To walk in and be like, yeah, you know, Book's a great player. I make players around me better. I, you know? I just, I can't get over it. it. It dawned on me just yesterday, as a matter of fact, his humility is the thing I am most impressed with. There's a lot to be impressed with, Kevin Durant, based on the three games that I have seen from him, based on his career, based on his raw athleticism. There's an awful lot there to look at Kevin Durant and be impressed. And can I tell you, brothers, I mean this from the bottom of my bones. I am most impressed with his humility. Humility is strength. Man, I that's awesome. Here's Windhorst, uh, Brian Windhorst, on with Bickley and Murata this morning. There's a really a spirit between the two of them that is unmistakable. I mean, I saw it when I was uh, here for their first practices. I saw it last week in Charlotte. There's a there's a very uh, strong connection between the two of them, dedicated to making it work, and that's really important. The rest of what you want to talk about with the Suns are ancillary issues. What you really need is the two of them to be invested in each other's success, and that is plain as day. Yeah, there it is, right there. I mean, think about it. These are these are very similar human beings in terms of their competitiveness and their leadership style. We were talking about this yesterday, as a matter of fact, and yet their ability to play the game and go out and compete, the smoldering of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant as well, very underrated in terms of being a beta maybe, but also a guy that is a leader nonetheless. Now, this all sets the stage, Wolf, of course, for uh, the new game show that is uh, taking at least Phoenix by storm. You ready for a little Kevin or Devin? Here we go. Is it Kevin or Devin? It's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. <laughs> <laughs> All 
right, the Here rules are simple. You just have to pick which one is going to score more tonight against Oklahoma City, Kevin or Devin. Aaron has the standings here so far. So right now, Luke, you're yes. the only one. You're 2-0. and Pressure, okay. Wolf, Rick, and I are all tied 1-1. One and one. All right, all right. Okay, okay so, so all right, so you're saying Luke is winning right now in Kevin or Devin. Now, this could feasibly go all the way through June, though. Uh, here, right, and just, just so everybody knows, I looked at FanDuel here before this uh, break just to see, because I don't think they can totally figure this out yet either. The over-under for Devin Booker tonight, 26.5 points. The over-under for Kevin Durant tonight, 26.5 points. Mm. So they don't have an answer. Boy, that's tough right there. They don't. So they're even trying to figure out how to play Kevin or Devin. Okay. All right, where are you going? Okay, just follow me on this right right now. It's Devin Booker and and Devin Booker at, at the Footprint Center. This is his village. We understand he was here first before KD showed up. So uh, I think Devin Booker is going to defer to oh. KD tonight. Oh, okay. a, I, oh, a little twist yeah, right there, I was like, right? okay, wait a minute. Well, now. I think he is. Now, I could be dead wrong on this, Basinonians, but I do. I, I think it's kind of like the, the polite thing to do. And Devin Booker is polite, especially to his teammates. So why not again? Depending on how the Thunder will play the Phoenix Suns, of course, that has a lot to do uh, with does. it. does, yes. But just thinking that all things are going to be probably pretty equal in terms of trying to stop Devin Booker and Kevin Durant from the Thunder's perspective, I'm, I'm going to believe that Book is going to defer to KD and let him stick with the ball when the shot clock is getting down. So your answer is Kevin. Yes. After all, it's yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot what your, his answer was after all that. Sheesh. <laughs> the, uh, the first two games I thought were fairly, not easy, but I, I had this one, anything goes. I'm going to go with Devin. The guy is averaging 36 points a game since KD got here. But, Wolf, I actually follow your logic pretty well okay. there. But you, you're going Kevin. I'm going Devin. Well, Mel didn't follow it whatsoever. Well, you know, right we, the there. show ends at 2, s- so we got to get out of here. <laughs> I'm just, what? Gonna go Kevin. You're gonna go. Oh, okay. Yeah, See, that's what you logic. guys are playing as well. I gotta remember. Let me write that down. Okay. And Rick. Pen. All right, Rick. What do you got? It's Kevin Durant's home debut with the Suns. He's gonna show up, show out for the first for the home crowd in his first home game. I think he's going for forty plus. Oh, so I'm 40. going Kevin. All right, so three Kevins and one Devin. That's what okay. we got today. Yeah. So Mal was Devin. No, correct. She oh. was Kevin. She was Kevin. Your your foolproof logic convinced both of, of okay. command and control okay. to go with uh, right Kevin. Okay, good. So okay. I'm on Devin Island over here. Apparently. Okay, good. Apparently, yes. No, I just it just seems like book. It does, knowing that this is his first game at Footprint Center. Why not? Why not let KD go off? Why not let KD take twenty five shots like Devin Booker is taking, as opposed to seventeen? Why not let that? Why not defer a little bit to a guy that you're looking at, kind of like he's your big bro? Uh, real quick side note, too. Are we getting another 30-30 tonight? We got 30-30 on, on Sunday against Dallas. Well, this would be a team to do it against. Yeah. I think we actually... During the bottom third in terms of points allowed. Kind of think we are going to get another 30-30 tonight. All right.
The madness and tips it's off. It's going to be a shootout too. Yeah, I believe yes. that. Uh, th- that was Kevin or Devin round three. The Madness tips off next week, and with it comes your chance to win the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. So text Bucks 62620 to sign up, receive your bracket, and compete for your shot at over $3,000 in prizes. If you register before Sunday, you're also going to be entered to win a $200 gift card courtesy of Mavericks in Scottsdale. So text Bucks to 62620 when we come back. Baseball time. What has Mike Fitzgerald seen from the D-backs this spring? We're going to ask their assistant general manager next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Tough crowd. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. All right, spring training in full swing. Opening day is not that far away. So we are pleased to be joined on the Arizona Sports Line by D-backs assistant GM Mike Fitzgerald. Mike, haven't got to talk to you since last season, so uh, thanks for joining us. How you doing? Doing good, guys. Doing good. Yeah, the uh, spring season being underway, starting to get that itch. And uh, only about three weeks out from having these games starting to count for real. So uh, there's a there's a hunger and excitement that's been building towards that, and uh, everybody's getting ready to go. Yeah, you know, we talked about this a lot last season just on the show, and, I, and I'm sure we talked about it with you at times, too, how exciting this year's spring training would be with all the, the competition from the younger players that you have. Is there anything just big picture specifically you came into this spring that you were looking for above everything else? I think what you hit on right there is just that, that sustained competitive environment, not just within games, but in backfield drills uh, and early work, kind of building off of your teammates' effort and intensity and their practice habits and, and finding a way to create opportunities to compete every time you got a ball in your hand, a bat in your hand, or a glove in your hand. So um, I think that, that overall competitiveness and, and hunger has been really encouraging to see. Um, I think it's been exciting to see there's there's a level of urgency um not to say that hasn't been here in the past before but kind of you 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 have concerns at times about maybe getting a young group in and uh the the eyes get wide and and happy to be there might sink in a little bit and i feel like uh, by and large the group that we have here albeit fairly young uh is extremely uh hungry and competitive and and looking to go compete and win every day not just kind of hang up the cleats at the end of the day and said, oh, yeah, you know, it's great. I had a nice day in big league camp today. They're, they're out to do a lot more. Mike, I would imagine, of course, leadership is going to be so critical when you've got a team this young. Do you think you've got the leaders in that dugout that are necessary to win? For sure, for sure. And I think having the continuity with Tori and the staff, kind of everybody going into their at, at least second, if not longer year, um, and the familiarity with the faces and, and the trust level that when a message gets delivered by a coach, you know, uh, even last year with a lot of the new faces that were on the staff, there was a lot of time being spent playing catch up in relationship building and, Hey, can I trust this guy? What's this guy all about? Uh, you know, who's he worked with in the past? How has he helped them? Those types of things. And now we have coming off of last year. And then for the guys that have been here even longer, obviously the trust around TP and K and those guys, um, extends much beyond the two years. I think the confidence level and the leadership from the player group is, is high, and, and that's exciting because we want to have that mutual trust level between the coaches that are trying to help these guys get to where they want to be from a player skill standpoint, and then also knowing that 
they're going to return the uh, effort level and intensity to, to increase the odds of them getting to where they need to go. We're talking to Mike Fitzgerald, D-backs assistant GM. Uh, you know, Mike, so much is made of the young hitters and specifically the outfield. But as far as the young pitchers, Merrill Kelly told us uh, last week when we were out there to keep an eye on Brandon Fott. And so far, five innings throughout the spring, no earned runs. What can you tell us about him and, and his, uh, his prospective future here? Uh, yeah, so the, the skill level is really high. Um, everybody's really excited about that. I, I think... The comment that people may bring up most when it comes to Brandon, though, is the the intensity and the effort and the focus in his preparation, and kind of what what shows up for the six innings. Or obviously, it's spring, so it's been less than that. But what shows up on the game day uh, isn't just a, oh, let me go get my get everything right today for this two hour window. Uh, it's a commitment for those four off days in between the starts. It's a commitment in the morning of the night before, making sure that he's taking care of himself in the right way. That the preparation. Uh, and understanding who he's facing that day and what their strengths and weaknesses are and how he may need to adapt based on uh, his current feelings and, and strengths with his given pitches. Uh, I, I think that's kind of the area that people get most excited about. And so, yes, for as much of the talent has, has definitely opened a lot of people's eyes, uh, the, the under-the-hood makings of it are, are even that much more kind of exciting and, and encouraging for, for everybody around here. So, Mike, a lot of rule changes coming up this season, of course. Um, can I ask you, what is your favorite rule change, and what is your least favorite rule change? Sure, sure. Um, I don't know that I have a least favorite. Um, <laughs> you like them all. Yeah, I, I, you know, to different levels. Um, and then for our identity, I guess, from an offensive standpoint, I'm, I'm really intrigued about how the, the pickoffs and then to a lesser extent, but probably some – fairly meaningful extent uh the, the increased bases are going to have on on helping us achieve what our collective team identity has a chance to be and uh putting pressure on teams when we get on base and going first to third better than anybody in the league and going first to home better than anybody in the league and uh always hunting those extra 90s and putting pressure on opposing pitchers i, I think we have the team to be able to take solid advantage of a lot of those mm-hmm. new additions to the rules and we're going to look to do that you know, aggressively, but but also uh, tactfully and, and intentionally. We're not just going to try to go and uh, run with reckless abandon, but we're gonna we're gonna hunt opportunities to put additional stress on opponents. And I think there's been a collective buy-in towards that, and there's a level of excitement around that. And um, and then you know, even we talked about this at the end of last year, but from a scheduling standpoint, uh, having to having to battle the, uh, the the big boys in the NL West just from a Evening out the opponent standpoint, it'll, it'll you know probably favor us a little bit to kind of drop down the games against the big boys in the West from nineteen to thirteen and, and pick up some more opponents around the league. We're talking to Mike Fitzgerald, uh, Mike, one of those those young outfielders, Alec Thomas, his defense is is unquestionably great already. But uh, but you know he came up, he was hitting everything, then the pitchers adjusted, and then he kind of adjusted back, and then they seemed to adjust to him. And I know that's that's life of of a young hitter trying to break in. But but how important is is uh, is this season for him at the plate in his development? I think it's definitely important. I think Alex aware of that. Um, to your point, came up last year, was able to hold his own early on, and then the league made an adjustment and he didn't adapt as quickly as he needed to. Uh, I think one of the most exciting things about kind of a step back for lack of a better phrase can be when there's awareness and an understanding that it was a step back. So Alec came in this year, uh, talked about it when he left at the end of last season and then spent his off season working on it. And then also at the forefront of his mind when he showed up this year that he needed to be able to make an adjustment. Uh, he understand that he was becoming too easy to pitch to. 
So there was an awareness around there uh, that, that sometimes can take players more than just their first taste in the big leagues to kind of acknowledge that and, and work to improve upon it. Um, the old adage goes that the, the first step in solving any problem is acknowledging you have one. So, so Alec did that. He put together a plan in place to be able to clean up some of the mechanical things that he thought was maybe making him a little too jumpy, um, but then also bring more focus and intent to every at-bat and every pitch to understand that when he's a really tough out, he can be a pretty dynamic player in the box. And so he's been primarily focused on bringing that continually and uh, and, and we're encouraged about where that can go for him this year. Mike, who, who do you think benefits the most from the pitch clock? Is it the pitcher or the hitter? Um, it's there's probably a group of pitchers that it's going to benefit fairly significantly, and then there's probably a group of hitters that it could benefit significantly. I think guys that are most accustomed to taking their time in between pitches on the mound are going to have a tougher time adapting, and I think guys that enjoy stepping out of the box and disrupting the pitcher's timing are probably going to have a tough time adapting on the offensive side. So I think it'll be a collection of, of both. Um, I just in the general spirit of these rules, trying to create more dynamic offensive play. I think the league stance is probably uh, it's going to put a little bit more pressure on the pitchers, but I can see a subset of hitters having a hard time with it as well. Mike Fitzgerald joining us. Uh, Mike, we're not used to seeing Zach Gallen give up runs. He actually gave up a few yesterday. Uh, just your expectations for him overall this season. Does anything he does ever worry you? And maybe you can't expect six straight scoreless starts in, in you know the second half of the season like last year, but can he still get better this year? I think he definitely can get better this year. Um, and in terms of kind of where the, the worry meter falls or the concern meter, um, similar to what we were talking about a little bit earlier with that mutual trust between player and staff, um, with, with Zach, obviously he's shown what he's capable of um, and what he's all about from a preparation standpoint. And so you know, his goal is to be ready to go come regular season kickoff. Um, and so throughout the way, part of pursuing growth and, and improvement and hunting different ways uh, that he can outdo what he's done in the past and continue to get better is to experiment with some stuff and, and play around with some things. And so uh, the, the, for as much as some guys need to come into camp and, and the expectation is, hey, you got to kind of show us what you're about and, and compete for a, for a job, I think obviously there's another subset of players where the the resume or, or the, uh, the experience that we've had with them in the high competitive environment in years past uh, is going to carry a lot of that weight, and, and those guys are, are encouraged and, and given the freedom to go out and see what they can work on in the spring and see if they can add a new wrinkle to their game that allows them not to just kick their feet up and say, hey, that's great, I finished top five in the Cy Young. Um, but no, you know, screw that, I want to find a way to go bring that home next year. Well, Mike, we always enjoy talking to you. Thank you for the time. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you again soon, all right? Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Thank Take you, care. Mike. Thanks a lot. That's Mike Fitzgerald, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks assistant general manager here as we're not that far away from opening day at this point, just a few weeks. Uh, when we come back, though, we'll get into basketball again. Eddie Johnson's going to join us and weigh in on the, uh, yeah. the Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns experience. We haven't got to talk to him since he's actually played a few games. So that's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.